You are listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break, episode number 57. If I was going to make up an excuse for myself of why I'm not going to succeed, I could really easy say, you know, I didn't finish high school and I wasn't good at reading and writing. I wasn't good at maths. I didn't study photography. I didn't study business. I don't have a degree. I don't have any kind of higher education except the education that I've actually gone out and I've learned myself from mentors, from peers, from workshops and from actually doing things and, you know, failing and succeeding, real life stuff. And a lot of the stuff that I teach is always the stuff that I actually do in the trenches. It's the real life stuff with, you know, me booking work and better looking after my clients and creating a customer experience and doing all those things. And I love teaching from that space, that space from practicality of where I'm actually showing up and doing this stuff myself all the time and optimizing it and then bringing it to my community. So that's why on the podcast today, I wanted to invite another wedding photographer, educator, India Earl. You may know her. She is an industry leader. Her stuff is everywhere. She has online workshops. She has courses and she's always helping out the community. And I really love that. I really connect with India because I think, you know, seeing her work so hard for what she has and she's always in the trenches actually doing the work and I love that work ethic and seeing people best serving their audience. So I think it's a really good fit to be on my podcast to bring you some value and a different point of view. Sometimes I get sick of hearing my own point of view and, you know, it's so good to share it around and get different opinions, different perspectives and everything like that. It's so important to have a well-rounded education from more than one mentor. So one thing that we actually talk about is when both India and myself started, there wasn't many workshops. There definitely really wasn't any courses. There wasn't any big conferences, nothing, you know, super mainstream. And so when we first started, you know, there was things like Flickr and, and MySpace and, you know, after a while, Facebook and Instagram. And we kind of grew up with all those things, but it felt really lonely at the start. It felt like we were doing, you know, well, we were doing pioneering stuff in the industry because there's so many people with scarcity mindsets that don't want to help you up or they don't want you to be competition and they see you differently in that sense. So what I love in this day and age is there's so many real educators. And when I say real educators, I mean, not people with degrees, not people that went and studied photography and have never booked a client themselves. I'm talking about people that are actually in their marketing, bringing value to people um, and growing, you know, using different growth hacks to grow their following, to grow their audience and doing all those kind of things. And it's all in real time because with digital marketing, one thing that people don't tell you is every 12 months, it's completely changed. The way that we you know, write back to emails or interact with people or grow a following and things change so fast and they're only getting faster and faster. So you really need to learn from people that are actually adapting to those things and can pivot really fast and make things work on the fly like that. So 
let's dive in and have a chat to India. Before we do, I want to invite you to my live workshop that's happening next week. It's called How to Build Your Six-Figure Business with My Framework. And seriously, if you haven't joined one of my live workshops before, it is a bit of a party. There's tons of people show up. I'm bringing my energy. Sometimes we have, you know, between 500 and 1,000 people all in there asking questions, talking to each other, and um, I'll do a Q&A at the end. So I'll make sure I open up the chat box so we can have a real-time discussion and it really is a really good time and I'm going to bring you so much value. Don't get a mistake and when I do a free workshop, there is so much value in my workshops. This is the stuff I get paid to talk and teach on stages all around the world and I'm doing it right from a lounge room for no charge. The only thing that you need to do is you have to commit to yourself to jumping over to jialong.co, signing up, grabbing yourself a ticket and actually showing up live. You'll get the best results if you show up live and you know if you actually come and ask me some questions. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'd love to see you there. Head over to jialong.co, grab your ticket now, share it with a friend, invite someone else and I'll see you there. So I'm with India at the moment. She's in Utah. I'm in Melbourne. And um, I've actually been to Utah a few times and I love it over there. It's such a crazy state because you have so many national parks and everything is so different. Um, And yeah, I just fell in love with the place. So how are you? Doing great. Yeah, Utah is beautiful. It's summer here. So I've been like going outside every day, which is so nice. It's actually crazy hot here. Um, but it's like starting to cool down and fall is like always my favorite time of year, especially in Utah. It's like absolute magic. So yeah, I'm excited to like keep getting outside and everything. And yeah, so things have been good. I've been so jealous watching your Insta stories and everything because I'm locked inside and I'm like, is the rest of the world not got coronavirus? Like what's happening? I want to go outside. We've got it bad. And people here literally treat it like it's not a thing. It's so bizarre. Mm, That is so weird. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> what what um, part of Utah do you live? Like, where else do you live? I live in Salt Lake City. Oh, yeah. um, I've been there. But every time I go outside, I'll go down, like, to the desert or something where, like, no one else is around. I won't see anyone when I leave my house to, like, when I get back. So there's, like, been, like, a lot of good resources out here for people to, like, recreate outside responsibly and stuff like that. But, I mean... Like, and Salt Lake's pretty good about it, but Utah's a lot of rural towns and a lot of the rural towns do not, like my, like my whole family lives in one and they're, they, the whole year, none of them have had to wear masks. Like none of the cities require it or anywhere. It's super weird. (laughs) So Salt Lake's okay. Hey, one really strange thing about um, Utah that I've noticed over the years is there's so many really successful people come out of that one state. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's so weird. I've always thought about that and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know why all these, yeah, like creative entrepreneurs or uh, artists, bloggers, uh, startups, like they come out of Utah and it's, I don't know, it's like a weird mecca. Yeah, it's really strange, especially creative entrepreneurs, like so many people that um, kind of like break the norm and go on their own and, you know, like trailblaze a whole new path. It all comes from Utah so often. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Something in the water. Hey, can you tell me a little bit about how you started and um, how you made your break as well? Yeah, for sure. So 
Okay. I'm 25 now. And I started photography when I was 14 years old. So I've been doing it for 11 years now. Yeah. So like I started probably like a lot of other people start. I got, I mean, I just had like my mom's point and shoot and I was just taking like photos of blades of grass and crap. And then for Christmas, my mom gave me like a DSLR with like a lens that was attached to it. And then my blades of grass had blur in the background. And I was like, oh, I'm an artist. And so uh, then that led to like me taking photos of like cats and crap like that. And then I started, that's like back when Flickr was a big thing. Um, And on Flickr, there was this thing going on called like uh, 365 projects, 52 week projects. So it's just like you take a photo every single day and post it. Um, And it's like, it was so cool because that was like, honestly, how I learned how to like use a camera. I used to be really into like surrealism, self-portraits. Um, so I got really into like doing crazy Photoshop edits and stuff like that and watching like tutorials and just playing with things and like doing just like the weirdest crap to my photos and like doing self-portraits, just taking photos of myself in my room, like in my driveway, like that's how I learned. And then when I was 15, my mom was like, okay, you got to get a job. Like, you know, typical, like, okay, it's time. You're a teenager. You got to start learning how to make money. And I was like, not wanting to, I I just didn't want to like go work like at a burger joint or something like that. And so I was like, I'm going to try and do photography. So I started offering um, to people that I went to school with to do like senior photos and like family photos and stuff. And so that's kind of how I got started was I did senior pictures and family photos and like little kid photos and things like that. And like, I just grew up in a really small town. Like I didn't have Instagram until I was nine. I mean, I had it when I was like 18, um, but I didn't use it for my business until 19. So um, I just did everything word of mouth. Like (laughs) my friends and like my friends' parents would hire me and pay me like $50 for a session. And so that eventually turned into me shooting weddings at 16 years old. So I started shooting weddings then. And that was awesome. I graduated when I was 17. uh, And I went to college. And I tried going to college. I did college for two and a half years. And I, at one point, I was studying photography. And it just wasn't clicking for me. Like it there, I didn't feel like I learned a single thing. And I was like, this is such a freaking waste of money to like go to a university to learn a trade. It just didn't make sense because I was like teaching myself more than like the university was teaching me. So I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I love photography. I don't know if it's going to be like what I do forever, but I'm good at it. And I think that even if I don't like stay in the photography industry, like I think I can teach myself more about business than the business college is teaching me. And so I was like, I'm going to drop out for one semester and just see how it goes. And my whole family, like everyone was like, it's such a bad idea. (laughs) It's like very shunned upon to drop out of college here. And uh, I did it. I like took a semester off kind of being like, I can always go back. I'm so young. This is when I was 19. And like still at the time I had no following. Like I, it wasn't a thing to like, run your business off of Instagram. Like people just didn't do that. Like I was just posting like shit on my Instagram, like photos of like my feet with like the classic toaster filter over it. And, um, anyways, like my business blew up that year. Um, during that, like, like six months where I took like college off and I put all of my energy into just making it work so that I could be running my own business and everything. Like it blew up. 
Um, I worked really freaking hard that year. I shot 70 weddings and it's not because I was good. Like I was honestly not a great photographer, but I didn't know that I, I was charging so cheap. And so everyone was like, great, there's this photographer that's decent, that's charging garbage. And so that's how I got so many bookings. And like, now I look back at that. And I'm like cringy. Cause I like, that's like something I teach against is being like undervaluing yourself and just like charging, like, you know, the lowest in your market. Um, but like, because of that, I did, I was shooting multiple triple header weekends over and over and over throughout the summer. Cause all that, like those 70 weddings all happened in a six month time span. So it was so, yeah, I, and one day I shot two weddings in a day. I don't know how it just, it was a horrible thing, but yeah, like it was crazy. So I would go shoot a wedding and then go home and edit the entire thing and then go shoot the next one. Like I made sure I was never behind on edits and stuff like that. So I was actually like very miserable in the time. So I just like, didn't have a life. And I was like this 19 year old that like had like no social life and stuff. But like, I'm grateful for that because I learned so much that year. And now every year since then, I've just made like changes in my business to make it so that like my business works for me rather than I work for it. And it's been able to to help me create the lifestyle that I want, um, rather than me, like, yeah, work, like living to work. Um, so yeah, just like making small changes every year in my business. And now it's in like a really good sustainable place. So that's kind of like how I got started. And yeah, <laughs> I really love that transformation that you just took me through because you know, so many people, they love their craft. Um, and I love Flickr, by the way, that was so fun. Um, <laughs> they love it back. Craft. Yeah. Simple times. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, they love their craft, but they don't get a handle on, on business. And um, I think for myself, like over the years, I've realized how important business is because you can get good at your craft, but it's also, it's really hard to shoot 70 weddings a year and it's really hard to um, not get paid enough for it. Like it takes a toll on you. Like I, I know that because I did the exact same thing. And um, I think my approach is the same as yours where each year, I'm trialing new things and I'm growing that little bit more, but did yeah. you kind of, um, did you have any like mentors that new business or anything when you started out? Like, how did you, how did you catch on so quick? Um, so that was like, honestly, such a different time. Like no one did photography workshops. Like no one totally. did. No, no, there was no freaking mentoring. I remember, I remember like, it's kind of funny. It was like right before like community over competition became like, um, mm. in the photography industry but like I remember reaching out to a photographer just to be like hey I'm starting out like are there any lenses you'd recommend like I don't know where to start and she flipped out on me like she was like you're trying to steal my business like it's so inappropriate that you would ask me this and I was like just like a scared 17 year old like oh okay yeah for sure you're right I'm so <laughs> sorry <laughs> and so I was like, I'm never reaching out to anyone again for help. Like she was so mean. And so, um, and there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't like Facebook groups and stuff. And so I honestly just had to figure it out. That's why it took me 11 years to get my business to where it's at now. Whereas like now, like I see people with their businesses where mine's at in three years or like two, because there oh, are yeah. resources, there's workshops, there's people that are willing to help people that are willing to teach. There's community. Like it's so much more connected because of Instagram. Mm. And it's so cool to see that transformation. Like, I'm glad that I like learned the way that I did, but like, I, it's funny cause I'll go to workshops and people will be like, wow, like you just got like so lucky. And like, 
I just feel like you got like so much further and like, wow. And I'm just like, no, like I started with zero followers too. Like this, like I, I it's people, not like people I never not. realize that, do they? Like they always well, yeah, think like she's lucky because of so-and-so or so-and-so and everyone always puts their limiting beliefs on why it worked for you, but it wouldn't work for them. Yeah. And they I don't mean, realize it was hard work. <laughs> Yeah, humans are meaning-making machines. And obviously, like, I'm younger. Like, if I was, like, 35 instead of 25, people would be like, oh, she's been working for a long time at it. No, like, I'm 25, so I think a lot of people figure, like, oh, she's been doing this for, like, a couple years. But, no, so I've been doing it for 11, and it's all I've done. I've never had another job. I did go to college for two and a half years, and, like, photography was just, like, a side thing during those years. But, like, I still did it. Um, And I don't think, like, yeah, for sure luck plays it, like – you know, people get lucky, but like you don't get successful without like the hard work. And like, yeah, sometimes luck meets that hard work and it pushes you forward a little bit more. But I like no way. And it's not to be like vain at all. Like, I just don't think people like should count on being lucky. Like, I don't feel like I've ever gotten lucky. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think just like working hard and doing that over and over and over again, even when it's not paying off. I was actually listening to a business podcast this morning and they were talking about luck and they were talking about how so many people rely on luck and then they don't have the systems for the luck. So for instance, like they'll go viral Mm -hmm. on YouTube or something like that, but then they couldn't do anything with it because they didn't realize what they needed to do. So like the systems needed combined with luck to be able to take something. But I mean, luck is such a small part, really. Like I know, like I consider myself really lucky and and my whole life, like I've been so lucky. But if you ask any of my friends, like, People see me as lucky, but really, like I had it so much harder than everyone else. Um, yeah. And then it seems like, you know, through my business, like people could say like, oh, like you're, it's all works for you, Jar, because you're successful at photography. And it's like, man, do you know how many weddings I shot for free and how many times I didn't know where my next meal was coming from and like everything else for years and years? Like I didn't just was born of Instagram followers or like a business. You know, yeah, it doesn't happen I- like that. Yeah, I think it's more, it comes down to like privilege rather than luck. Like mm. I I was privileged in a lot of ways, which helped make certain aspects so much easier than it is for other people. So like, I think it, like I do give like credit to my privilege, but I don't feel like I really give credit to like luck. <laughs> totally. Um, it is interesting too, like you were saying, like, so the way that I learned business and photography was definitely all just um, trial and error. And when I started there there wasn't any workshops. And I remember I went to a first workshop, which was Jonas Peterson's workshop. And I was blown away that, you know, he was giving away some secrets and things, but it's so incredible now how people can learn. And I love the community where um, people are starting to share. So it's like Skillshare and, um, you know, it's the same as like Airbnb or Uber where people, you know, ride share and things like that. And I think knowledge share is such a huge thing and it's projecting us so like much further into the future because people now like their starting base is like five years from when we started kind of thing (laughs) yeah there's so much out there and especially with online courses and things like that like um for myself I didn't believe in in online courses until about two years ago and I started doing those and they're in it's an absolute game changer like I can't even stress it it's getting so much better I remember yeah so like when I was like starting and there was no like the only online courses that there were for a long time was like adobe creative live and like bless their hearts but like it doesn't speak to a lot of people and so it's cool because now people that are like actually really freaking good teachers that aren't just these like mastermind people that adobe has like 
blown up. Like they're teaching and they're putting their knowledge online and making it accessible and affordable. And like, it's like really good knowledge. So it's been cool to see like how the online education, uh, as far as like the photography industry goes, has evolved and changed and gotten so much better. And people like actually can connect with it now. Yeah. And like you said, like you can actually learn of people that have, that are actually working in the industry and are actually, you know, industry experts instead of just teachers, which is yeah. such a game changer because then you're just like, oh my God, like tell me the secrets that you're doing. Cause I admire your work and now I can just pay a fee and I can get it all. Like that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, with wedding photography, I feel like online courses has really kind of blown up lately and it's, it's kind of growing our industry. But what do you think about like for everybody else in different industries, like, you know, designers or even like wedding florists and things like that? Like, I feel like there are a few years always behind um, wedding photographers kind of work out how to make things work pretty quick because they're good at computers and they're good at photography and so many and digital marketing, so many things. But I feel like going forward, there's going to be an absolute boom in these type of things. Like you said, instead of going to university to learn a trade, you can actually learn from people that have done it. Like, what do you think about that moving forward with education? I think it's like, I just think it's so cool because education is, especially in the world of trades. I think people are realizing college is not the answer. It's not always the answer. If you're like an engineer or something or a doctor, like for sure, please go to college. Yeah. (laughs) Like with trades and skills, like you can become, you know, an intern. You can, there's so, the internet is so freaking cool. Like There is so much knowledge online. There's so much free knowledge on like YouTube and stuff. There's so much knowledge being shared freely, like between like, like people in your local community and especially online. Like I remember when I was getting started in photography, I went to an in-person workshop. It was like right when they were a bit like becoming a thing and it was $400 and like that broke the bank for me. And like, it was so hard to like get like, days off from school and to like travel to it and everything. And like, it just, I don't know. It's cool now that people can like do it from home, do it on their own time, work at their own pace. They know exactly what they're going to get before they like get it before they buy it. Like I have dealt with or not dealt with, but I've just seen so many people and students over the years, myself included that like, will go to these in-person workshops and leave feeling kind of disappointed because you're over promised all these things and really like are, like in-person workshops are awesome love them so much but like the value is in the community that you build it's not so much in the education that you get like you can really only get so much for your business from like three hour long like powerpoint presentations in a room so I think like what's great about in-person workshops is the community and the connections you make. Like I love my photography family. I will always go to in-person workshops for that reason alone. Cause you can't just like come up on that anywhere. Uh, but it is cool because like when I buy an online workshop, I can literally see everything I'm going to learn. I can like know that it's like not going to be a risk if I buy it. I know that I'm going to get things out of it. I can look at reviews. I can make sure it's legit. And so I think it's nice because you can make safer investments in your business and ultimately like make more money because of that too. Yeah, it's definitely a lot safer in that sense. Um, Also, like what I've noticed, because I do like an online um, business workshop and I used to teach two-day workshops. And um, a lot of the people that did that, uh, my in-person workshops are now doing my business workshop online. And what they love about it is, 
before it was two days and then you're gone. And yes, I'd keep in touch during Facebook, but they couldn't get access to the information anymore. And as creative entrepreneurs, like we kind of need to keep going back to things because if we're learning something new, it's, it's hard to learn it over one weekend, then you're done. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's so good to be able to just, you know, continue to learn and do, um, do a program like that. Like, so my program is like a 12 month program instead of forever just to keep people accountable. But for 12 months, you can go in and ask questions, have that support, and you can absolutely change your business in 12 months compared to two days. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And yeah, like the accountability is huge, which I think like, yeah, like with in-person workshops, you go and then you leave and you like keep in touch with some of the people you met, but like it's over, like, and it feels good while you're there, but like, then you're the only one keeping yourself accountable. But yeah, like if you have like an online program or something and an online community that's doing the program with you, like, of course, you're going to see some like big impacts in your business because you're not just leaving it all up to you. <laughs> you have like someone there to like kind of hold your hand and make sure you're doing the work. Hey, so what about like, I think in 2017, 2018, like massive um, conferences, like, uh, I guess like, workshop on steroids started becoming a huge thing where there'll be 500 plus people and there'll be like tons of speakers. And I guess like a lot of the speakers wouldn't get deep on anything because they get 45 minutes to kind of teach everything that they know. Um, and then I feel like they kind of went out of fashion in the last, like, I mean, coronavirus helped, but in the <laughs> last like two years kind of thing, and they've been on the decline. So what do you think about those type of things? Like the bigger festival style workshops? Oh, yeah. So I actually have only taught at two. My yeah. very, very first thing that I ever taught at was a conference and I hated it. <laughs> I mean, people got a lot out of it and it did like kind of help launch like my education platform um, because there were so many people. Um, but, like you can't really connect with that many people. People can't like they don't feel like they can come up to you and like talk to you. Like there's just such a barrier there because it is like on such a large scale and then, I mean, the other one I taught at was one that was like that, where there was like, I think 700 people in my audience for my class and wow. it was great, but like, yeah, I had 45 minutes to teach, like teach stuff from a PowerPoint. And then I had to do a shoot on, on the stage indoors, wow. like indoor lighting on stage in front of people for 45 minutes. Like, it's just hard because like you, as a student, you can really get only so much out of that and then it's done. Mm. Um, Whereas like, I feel like the intimate workshops and like one-on-one -on -one mentoring, I think it also just goes into like how you learn best. Like that's why I didn't connect with college. I was in those classrooms with like over 200 students in them. And like, I didn't feel like I, I, I need someone to like hold my hand when they teach me something. Like I need them to be like, okay, like I like explain it to me like I'm four years old. <laughs> and so like, because I learned like that, I know that I couldn't like be a student in like a group of 400 people at a conference and get as much out of it as I would if I did a one day one-on-one -on -one mentor session with that teacher um, or just like an intimate workshop where there's like, you know, 15 people rather than, yeah, a hundred. Yeah. I never thought about that. Like it really is kind of like a college style, isn't it? So you're sitting yeah. down like for myself, like I teach you those things and I love standing up on stage, but I could never sit down for an hour with 400 people. Like I'm the guy that has to get up and walk off and just like go and do something else. Cause I get distracted. And yeah. if the person's not giving me the attention, then it's like, I find it hard to really dive in and make a connection where I want to stay for that whole hour. If that makes sense. Yep. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So I never even thought about that. So I guess like for myself, I definitely learn from people. Like I will find someone I want to learn from and I'll do a mentor session. And a mentor session is like next level because someone can actually look at your stuff and then show you where you can improve and you can literally get results like there and then. And it's, and it blows your mind. It's like, all I had to do is pay for that. And then now this is happening. Yeah. Which is so cool. So cool. Hey, so, um, for all my creative entrepreneurs out there listening, I would love to know, you know, for yourself, I, I think you're very creative. I love how creative you are. And I believe it's like one of your superpowers. Do you think, um, being creative has helped you with business opposed to the opposite because a lot of people see it as like something that holds you back. I'm creative, so I'm not good at business, but I feel like you've tapped into bringing that creativity into your whole life and not, not having it holding you back at all. It's so funny because like, I, like I'm kind of like laughing to myself, like you calling me creative because creative is like probably one of the last words I would use to describe myself. It's always been what I've been the very most self-conscious of my whole career. Like I am really freaking good at working a camera. I'm really freaking good at business, um, at connecting with people, at making people comfortable, at selling myself and marketing. Like all that just like made sense to me. But like when it came to like being like actually like artistically creative and stuff like that and like innovative, I've never felt like I was that. And so... And yeah, like it really like held me back from feeling like I could like be like successful as a photographer or like as an artist, because like I see all these other people that I consider like in air quotes creative um, because I have such a different definition of what creativity is than maybe other people. Um, So what I had to do was I was like, okay, like maybe I don't feel creative, but like I need to redefine what creativity means to me. And I kind of like look at it like freedom now. Um, Like I feel like those two words actually go together a lot, like creative freedom. Um, But like I realized like, okay, I'm really good at connection. Like that's what I can be good at. That's what I can use to be innovative in my business. And that's like what I can use to like make my business and my style excel and stay true to me and true to the people that I am serving and working for. And so that's like, what's always at the forefront of my business is connection. And by like having kind of like that mantra for my business before I do anything, like before I decide to like make any changes in my business or my lifestyle, when it comes to like how I work and how I show up for people and how I shoot, like as long as connection and experience are like the things that are at the forefront of everything that I do, I feel like it just makes everything fall into place because it feels natural and like freeing to me to do that rather than trying to force myself to be creative. Like I look at other photographers that like seem like, you know, they're shooting stuff that I'm like, I've never seen someone shoot a couple session like that before. Like how the shit did they think of that? Like I'm so jealous. And then I would start to get in this like, spiral where I would be like, okay, well, they're creative. That's what creativity is. And I would copy them subconsciously and some, maybe sometimes consciously too. Like, but like anytime you like start copying or following someone else's footsteps and forcing yourself to like, maybe be something that like, isn't supernatural to you, like you're just becoming like a weaker version of them. And so I kind of had to reel it in and be like, okay, like creativity is not like at my forefront, but connection is. 
And that's what's going to like help my business excel for it. That's like what feels natural. That is like what I'm really good at. And I can make that appear to be like a creative thing because I have that freedom when I'm at shoots. I have that trust from my clients because of the connection that I've created. So that way I can like make work that's just meaningful and that can be like taken as creative to some people. Does that make sense? I feel like I just in a circle. (laughs) No, that's really cool. So what you're telling me is you found what your superpower was, which is connection. And then you've really leaned into that and used that to your advantage throughout your whole business. And you stay really true to that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than trying to force something that like I saw other photographers doing that was making them successful, just because it worked for someone else that way doesn't mean that's how it's going to work for you. If that was the case, there would be a freaking book we could all buy. It's like 10 steps to become a successful photographer and we would all have it and we'd all be doing the same crap. But like it is, you have to just figure out what your strengths are and play into those and like acknowledge your weaknesses and be okay that you're going to have weaknesses that other people are really good at. Tell me about your weaknesses. I, okay. Well, creativity, (laughs) like I feel like, when I show up to a shoot, like I used to like try and be like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to shoot with this style and like, I'll try using this lens and crap like that. Like, and it would just always take me out of like present with my couple. And I would leave the session feeling like, okay, wow. Like I was not present. I don't feel like I really connected with them. I could have made more meaningful work with them if I would have just focused on connecting with them. And I think the like photos would have turned out better. So the less I try and force myself to be creative, the better I do. Um, and I think, I think everyone kind of struggles with like burnout and comparison. They kind of go hand in hand and Like, I think that's just something that if you're an artist and you have community around you, like, it's just like a part of it. Like, (laughs) like it's going to happen. You're going to go through those lulls of like having burnout where you just don't feel like any energy or like create like creativity or anything like that for anything you're doing because you're just burnt out. You've been overworked. You've been doing the same thing for too long. You don't have anything that's been like spicing it up or challenging you. Um, and I think it's okay to have burnouts. Like I think for a long time, like when I was first like beginning, I would have those burnouts and I would try and force them away as soon as possible. I was like, Nope, those are bad, but they really do play a role in like you kind of knowing like what works for you and what doesn't. And that's kind of like what I was talking about in the beginning, uh, of our discussion is like, I every year am trying to make little changes to my business to work around my lifestyle. And so like, I don't know, it just like, it's good to kind of like keep like in touch with yourself and like check in with yourself and be like, wow, like I got really burnt out that year that I shot way too much work. Or like I felt really burnt out because I wasn't charging enough or like, I feel like I didn't have a balance of shooting like a variety of work or whatever it is. Or like, I didn't get enough vacations with my family. Like just like kind of being like, okay, those are things that can lead to that burnout and it's okay. But like use the burnout as a lesson and let it strengthen you rather than like, just get you down. Yeah. I feel like that's something that happens over time. Like when you first start, like, and I know everyone does, you're trying to find those books of like, 10 ways to hustle now more and like, you know, optimize your time so you can do more things and get seen by more people. And then as you get a little bit more wise from being in business for a little while, you start realizing like the less that you do, 
the more impact you can make because the more you can actually like look inwards and see like what's working and give yourself more rest, which means you've got more energy, which means you can make a bigger impact. And like they're all things like, especially for myself these last maybe three years, I've been able to double down my business, make so much more money, do so many more things because I've been putting less on my plate and being less busy and more just like looking inwards and seeing what actually works for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it comes down to just not looking at what works for other people and just being way mindful about what works for you and like playing into that. Do you do anything now that you feel like pushes you out of your comfort zone? Like, is there anything that scares you when you're doing it at the moment with like your business and your craft and things like that? And um, do you ever put yourself in that place on purpose? I think, yeah, because otherwise I feel like I just get into like a repetition and that a little bit leads to burnout for me. So I am been trying to like do things that I've always been like, I'm not going to do that as a photographer. Like I like used to have such a sour taste in my mouth about shooting families and maternity was like, because kids freaking hate me. And like, (laughs) it's just (laughs) because everyone around me in Utah, like it's a family state, like it's a family oriented. Like Mm. I just kind of had a sour taste in my mouth about being like a family photographer and like what that means. And now it's funny, especially because of like COVID and like the pandemic, like I've had to figure out ways to shift my focus away from weddings because I just can't count on weddings being my income anymore. I need to have pandemic friendly business practices. And so like doing very small portrait sessions and things like that is great. But if I'm only shooting like engagements, 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 couples, 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 like that's going to get old really quick. And so like, I have tried to push myself out of my comfort zone by like (laughs) shooting, like kind of just like reaching out to like my old clients and doing their family photos and doing maternity photos and just being okay with like doing something I'm uncomfortable with and like shooting people that are just like on their own solo. Like it's always been my comfort zone to like pose two people together. It's very easy for me, but like when it comes to just one person, Oh my gosh, it feels so weird. It's so unnatural for me. And like something I've had to do is like, let myself be on the other side of the camera and like get photos taken. So I can kind of like empathize and how it feels on that side. So like doing like little things like that helps me like not feel like I'm being stagnant or repetitive. How does it feel like, getting in front of the camera I've seen you've done a couple of shoots lately and things like that like um do you feel like vulnerable when it's like that when it's just you and one other person whether you're shooting them or they're shooting you and it's not a couple so that means the attention's on you not so much for them together if that makes sense yeah (laughs) yeah it's funny because like uh, of course when you get on the other side of the camera it is vulnerable especially if you're like self-conscious like I'm so self-conscious I'm like I just feel like my, I'm an awkward string bean of a human. And so it's like kind of funny. Cause I, I love being able to empathize with my couples and just like knowing what I need to do as the photographer to make them feel even more comfortable and how to like kind of read their body language and read the vibes. So that way I can make them have the best experience possible because I mean, I've been getting in front of the camera for years, but like, I think it's just so important to like know exactly how to like give them the best experience. Cause I've had those photos taken and like, 
in the experiences where the photographer isn't really like giving me a ton of attention, like they're giving more attention to like creating the photos rather than making me comfortable. Like, I don't even care how the photos look at the end of it. Like I would rather have photos from a really good experience and then be like mediocre photos. Like those will mean so much more to me the experience rather than like shoot with like the like most talented photographer ever that takes like the sickest pictures. But like, I felt so self-conscious the whole time. Those photos aren't going to be as meaningful to me. So I yeah. think it's just really about like make, I can give people the best experience and putting photos like second. I think that's so true. And um, it's, it's cool to hear that you say like that you're also self-conscious, you know, especially in front of a camera and stuff, because it allows people to feel that way in front of your camera and it allows people like as soon as that you're feeling that vulnerability. Um, yeah. It's like you empathize, empath- empath- what's the word? Emphasize, empathize, empathize. Empathize? Yeah. Empathize <laughs> with, with, with like the person in front of you. Like I know for myself, like I'm always like, as soon as I see someone that's feeling like a little bit shy in front of my camera or something, like I'm really good at making them feel really comfortable and even putting down the camera and and just allowing them to be in that space where they come back and they and they feel beautiful again or they feel confident or they feel you know something else and I think as a photographer that's probably one of the biggest skills the best skills you can have really yeah people skills yep for sure people skills <laughs> hey um just to kind of like finish finish up some stuff here um can you give us a few tips right now? I know there's a lot of people right now as wedding photographers, they don't really know how to make some more income or how to diversify and do things like that. And um, you gave us a little tip where you could go back and contact past clients and do family shoots and stuff. Do you have any like tangible things that people could brainstorm? You don't have to give us answers, but just like brainstorming, you know, ideas. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, for sure, reaching out to past clients and like shooting, like offering to, you know, do anniversary sessions or family sessions. Like that's a really great, great way. You already have a connection with them. You know, they already trust you and everything. So it's going to be an easier sell. Um, Also, again, like going back to like old clients, like marketing your prints and like like albums and stuff like a lot, especially like for wedding photographers, like when people get married, they're freaking broke a lot of the time. Like weddings nowadays are so crazy expensive. Like the last thing they're going to have money for is an album. But like a couple years later, like maybe like, oh, it's a great time to like, you know, be like, hey, like a good anniversary gift would be to like print your photos. Like here's a little coupon or something like that. Um, and you can do that through platforms like PickTime and stuff like that and make it really easy. They have like marketing programs. And I actually have one on there that like is like preset. If you want to like try rolling that out and seeing if it works for like your old clients, like make sales off of like passive income off of prints and things like that. Um, and then again, with like prints, like I, I have always done like landscape photography as just like my thing, like my little hobby and like I would throw them up on a print shop, but it's been cool like over the pandemic to see how people will support like artists and things like that. And a lot of times like people will do print shops and it's like an easy way to support an artist. So like I have been trying to do like little pushes here and there of my print shop. And that's been nice because it's like, again, some passive income that doesn't really require work on my end. Um, even though it's just like my little side hobby, like I would never call myself a landscape photographer or fine art photographer. <laughs> um, but that has been good. And then 
I think just being willing to like diversify and be like, okay, like I can't shoot weddings anymore, maybe like, or I can, like there are COVID friendly weddings, but like, I can't always count on that. Like, what can I count on? Count on? Like, okay, doing really small shoots, like, you know, just portrait sessions and things like that. Like, how can I diversify there? So I feel like those are like a few ways that I've been trying to like brainstorm for my own business and like push for myself. So that way I can feel like I can rely on my business, even when like the control of like weddings has been taken away from me. So like, yeah, just like kind of figuring out how to brainstorm like passive income, whether that's like through online sales and prints and things like that. Um, and reaching out to people that you already like sold to once they like believe in your work, you have a connection with them and like, just like doing, you know, family photos or maybe something that you wouldn't consider doing beforehand. Like how I was like, like, if you told me a couple years ago that I'd be like a maternity photographer, I would have laughed, but like now maternity is like my favorite thing that I shoot. So <laughs> I think, um, wedding photographers for some reason have been conditioned because I hear it all the time. They say, Oh, you can, you have to market towards new leads all the time because people only get married once. Um, and then that's it. And they forget that someone has booked you before. They love what you do so much so that they've booked you to shoot their wedding. And then you've got that mailing list there of all those past clients that have loved your work. And they're the easiest people to support you because you have their photos, you can sell prints, you can sell albums, you can sell family shoots, like so many things from that database and no one uses that database. No, for sure. Like I, and like, honestly, there's no like higher, like compliment to me as a photographer than when someone hires me twice or three times or four times. Like I have some people where I've literally shot them four mm. times because, you know, I'll shoot their engagements and then their wedding and then their anniversary and then their family or a boudoir or like just whatever. And so it's kind of cool to be like, yeah, like I can diversify in this market that I created through weddings. Yeah, that's so cool. I guess like another thing that you could do too, like um, a lot of people that I shoot are usually creative entrepreneurs. I shoot their weddings and they have some sort of business and you could even just put a thing out there saying like, hey, do you guys need some new photos for your website? Like, or for your Instagram or for your social, like I'm doing a special right now and, you know, we could make some magic and yeah, you know, all those people are there. They love what you do. Yeah. Hey, um, tell us about your online courses and stuff because I always recommend, I love online courses and I always recommend people like yourself that, um, you know, have made it for themselves and they always have the best interest of their students at heart. And I love your approach to the whole thing. And um, that's why you obviously get my recommendation because there is so many things out there that I definitely don't recommend. Um, tell me a little bit what you what you have at the moment. Oh, you are so kind. Thank you. Um, yeah, so my online education business is IndiaEarlEducation.com. And it used to just be me. Like it used to just be like the stuff that I knew how to teach that I was like, yep, I am like a good teacher with this. But it like quickly outgrew me. And so I started bringing on partners. <laughs> That's what I call them. But like basically other teachers who I have seen them teach, I have used like what they've taught and like it works. Like there's tons of like amazing reviews and things like that. And I'm super picky about what I carry on my site and what I promote. And like those teachers are the freaking real deal. And they are insanely smart. And so I have some of my own products on my site. I have other people's products that I really believe in and like, I'm so proud to like support and push. And like, it's just awesome because I've 
it's just like great because you can get and like kind of build your own workshop. Like you can be like, Oh, I need help with like camera settings. Oh, and posing. Oh, I also need some contracts and you can get it like all in one place rather than from like all these different vendors. So it's just kind of like a good place to like check in case you're like, Oh, maybe like there's a course here about that. Like, and if there's not people will request it and then I'll start looking and yeah. So that's kind of like what's on my site. Lots of online courses, guides, like, uh, like PDFs, there's presets, there's editing things. Like there's lots of different things. And like, they are affordable for like everyone. Um, that's always been like, my big thing is making sure that it's affordable and accessible to anybody. Um, and I actually made a discount code for your listeners. It's Jai 10 and it'll give you 10% off at checkout. It's never going to like expire. So use it whenever you're ready. Um, and yeah, so hopefully that helps out. It's such a good idea. I noticed like, um, you know, the best way to serve someone, especially like your students and things like that is to curate other people into your community that you believe in. Because a lot of the times, like even when people want to buy one of my courses, they're like, where did you learn this? Or where did you learn that? And it's a really like a limiting belief to think that people are not going to sign up to everyone's stuff and to try and like hold people back from other people's courses. And I think what you're doing, like there's so much abundance there, but it, it really just best helps the people that want to learn. And that's what you're putting forward. And that's what I really love. And it's just, yeah, it's just so important, I think. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. <laughs> hey, so where can we find you on the socials and say hi? Yeah, my Instagram is at India Earl. <laughs> um, so come say hi. I love when people DM me. I love saying hi and meeting people, especially because like, Right now I'm really missing in-person workshops because I like can't expand my photography community in person. So I love connecting with people, even if it's just over a little DM or something. And if you guys ever have like any questions, I'm always happy to help. I am so bad at checking my DMs and like doing the social media stuff. So if I don't respond to you, it's because I just don't know how to work my phone. But um, yeah, like, please say hi, please be a friend, please feel like you can talk to me and ask me questions and I'll always try and help. Awesome. So guys, just again, jump over to IndiaLeducation.com and then you can use the code JAI10 and um, check out what India's got over there. And just want to say a big thank you on behalf of myself and my community for talking to us and taking the time. Um, yeah, thank you. Yes, guys, that podcast was epic. I love everything that India brought. And thank you for staying all the way to the end to listen to everything that she had. So if you do find value in my podcast, please leave me a review. It really does help my podcast get in front of so many more people. So head to the Apple Podcast app and you can leave a review there and write a little message. I read every single one of them. Sometimes I feature them on my podcast as well. So Thank you to everyone that has already left me a review. Believe it or not, every single country shows their own their own reviews, not everybody else's reviews. So if you are in the US right now and you leave a review, people in Australia won't see it and vice versa. So it's really important that people all around the world leave their review so more people can actually make a good judgment when they jump on and see if this podcast is going to bring value or it's going to be a time waster. Again, guys, if you wanted to say hi, just head over to my Instagram, jialong.co. Love to see you there. Love saying hi and sharing your stuff. Other than that, you've been listening to Jialong and I'll see you soon. Spread the love and create opportunities for the people around you. 
Make Your Break is brought to you by Jai Long and produced at our in-house studio through the Bird Productions. We love creating opportunities for you and hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more information on this podcast, our online courses, products, workshops, or just want to say hi, we're here for you at jailong.co.